Hey everybody. Unfortunately, at the beginning of this episode, uh, my audio didn't work. So you're going to get about two minutes of very, very difficult to understand conversation where basically we were just uh, bantering and giving um, giving it to Mick. But um, at about two minutes, 16, my audio kicks in and the podcast runs into normal. So guys, please enjoy. And hopefully uh, you get through that first two minutes and 16 seconds. Thanks, everyone. Well, it has been no. a while since you could select West Bromwich Albion and the colours there. Oh, God. It has been a while since you could select West Bromwich Albion and those colours. So, yeah, I mean, that's probably contributing to it. I'm not surprised. I mean, I don't know, as with most things with with Mick, it's just, you know, he's, he's a slow learner, our Mick. Hi, are you there? I, I can't pick you up. We might need to start this again. <laughs> or not. Uh, yeah. Um, I've just been really busy. Haven't noticed it. Haven't been able to put any time into the game. That's why I'm coming last uh, second. Not. He's been really busy the for the last five years straight, Isaac. Hey, yeah. wh- where'd you finish last year, Dave? You're only as good as yeah, your but last I had my season. But... But my team last season had my kit kitted out in yellow and black like Watford, and well, that didn't go very well either. Did it? In fairness, the kit's only relevant to the actual game, not the fantasy game. Um, I haven't played the fantasy, uh, the ori- official game that much. I always create a team, but never actually play it consistently. So I'll use that as my excuse. Um, but as to why I haven't done it this year, I don't know. I just haven't done it yet. Okay. Well, hey, that's all right. You've 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 learned something now. You're you're making amends. Happy days. That's good. So, uh, boys, we're gonna do the usual. Um, we've got moments of the week to start us off. So, look, uh, a couple of things stood out to me this week. Uh, and feel free to chip in, gentlemen, if you wish. But the I sent a video around to to you guys just around um some supporters of a club. Now, I believe the club was maybe a German club, football club. And they were having a really, 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 really fun time building a massive tower of beer cups. It was a, in a beautiful triangular shape, and uh, it was happening during the game. You could see the the, the players sort of, um, some of the players warming up on the sideline, and uh, it got to the second last cup. And I think this thing was had at least I don't know, uh, it would have been at least fifteen fifteen rows or so, ten fifteen rows. It was beautiful. Second last cup. And it all came crumbling down. Um, and that led me to think, boys, was there anything that you've seen in a crowd or been part of in a crowd that just was absolutely magnificent that you'd kindly like to mention on a podcast? Or uh, does, does anything come I'm to mind? I'm going to jump in first. Yeah. I'm going to jump is in first. Because sna- I know is it exactly... Cup snake at the no, shut up. I'm jumping in. Shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> I know exactly what everyone's going to say, so I want to jump in first. Yes, uh, Aussies are known for our beer snakes um yes obviously get the empties the plastic cups you stack them and you get your mates to stack them and you get everyone in the crowd to stack them and i've seen some mighty impressive beer snakes in my time um yes a lot of them at the gabba uh, but probably the most impressive one um was at a game of cricket at the mcg and the beer snake got tall enough uh in bay 13 to go right up and reached the second tier at the MCG. So that was pretty impressive before 
the fun police got involved as they inevitably always do. I've got uh, two things to add to that. Now, one's actually a uh, story told on from a, a, a mate of mine, his dad. So at the MCG, back in the day, we could take food in. Nowadays, they don't let you do anything, so you can buy the stupidly overpriced stuff. Mexican way of going around on Boxing Day, as you expect it does. Uh, everyone goes up when it comes to his section. He had nothing in his hands. Everyone was throwing beer cups. He wasn't drinking at the time. The only thing he had in his hands was a roast chook. And he went, screw it. <laughs> So he decided to do an entire roast chicken straight into the air, comes back down. He said that was funny, like people laughed. He said it was better the second time when a drumstick went up on one side, a wing went up on the other, the chicken breast went up in the middle. He reckons that was the, uh, the, a great time. Um, which I, I thought that was a pretty good story. Um, and then secondly, have you seen, I think it might have been a baseball game in the US today. Have you seen the uh, absolute travesty that a fan has been caught yes. Yes, I know where you're going with this. I, I, I can only assume it's New York. New York's known for its uh, street hot dogs. Anyway, this guy has a hot dog. He has his uh, beer. He gets a straw. He then uses the straw to pierce the middle of the wiener of the hot dog. Eats the middle of it. Does the same thing <laughs> I just want to hear you say, side. pierce the wiener again. <laughs> <laughs> does it from the other side. <laughs> then proceeds to use... The hot dog. He puts the wiener in his mouth and sucks on the wiener. And he uses the hot dog as the straw to drink his beer. He literally drinks his beer through a hot dog. You mean so, a wiener? I mean, yeah, a wiener. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it was both impressive, disgusting, and I just. I just and slightly erotic. <laughs> it's a weird thing going on. Um. But yeah, uh, that, I thought that you, you said impressive things you've seen in the crowd and oh, that, hey, in, ingenuity. I don't know why he didn't just use the straw that he used to do that, but anyway. I think well, Dave, save us, Gilby. Bring it home. Save us. Uh, well, you may not want me to save you because I was going to say that um, the only thing that came to mind for me was one I wasn't present for but heard stories of that involved uh, your Bucks night, I believe, Dave. Um whether it was, I'm not sure if it was your Bucks Night or one of the other boys, but it was at Suncorp in a box to watch the Raw. And there were several things that happened that night, uh, one of which may have involved people getting removed from the stadium and threatened with charges. So, uh, Your Honour, I had nothing to do with that. I was not present and I saw nothing. It wasn't my Bucks Night. I'm innocent. Move on. <laughs> I think Dave's uh, quickly looking up the Wiener video right now as we speak. So we will move on. And the other moment of the week, realistically, uh, was... I mean, Gilby, we spoke about what United can't, can't do, or can do last week. We probably should talk about what they can't do this week. Like, what what can't they do, Gilby? Like, that was just an incredible game. Yeah, well, I mean, you love to see the result, but... I I'm not getting too uh, uh, um, ahead of myself for it. Um, I mean, we were hosting Liverpool at Old Trafford and we won, but in a game where we had 29.6% of the ball and got outshot as well comfortably um, to win. I mean, we set up with a team to get in behind their fullbacks with speed out wide. It worked. We took our chances. Uh, Liverpool didn't have a shot on target until the second half. 
so much better in many many different ways we've made a really good signing that we've needed for a long time and a good defensive midfielder so it's looking up but as i said last week as i tell my students all the time things are never as good or as bad as they seem so manchester are never as bad as they have shown the last couple of times but just because we won this match doesn't automatically mean it's all rosy times so yeah, great time, great match um, for me as far as the result goes. Not so good for Jeff, our resident Liverpool mega fan. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm really happy so far. Signs of something. I yeah. mean, you, you use the possession stat to kind of indicate it. Leicester won the Premier League with less possession on average. Um, but looking at the rest of their stats, United had more expected goals in overall as well as in both halves. Um Liverpool created 1.3 and 0.5 of that was from set piece. So they created less than one. Like, yes, they might've had 70% of the ball, but they, I mean, weren't like if they'd scored a goal, they would have overperformed in open play. Um, Whereas United expected goals 1.7 almost should have scored better than Liverpool in open play in both halves. So I I feel like it's pretty good performance. Four big chances to one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, uh, Alanga hit the post early as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, was a, it was a really good night. They came with a plan and did a very good job. Uh, Ten Hag showed he actually does pro- uh, probably know what he's doing. So, yeah, I mean, good sign. But so, as I as I said a few times, I'm not getting ahead of myself. Was part of the plan, like, tanking the first two games to, you know, create that <laughs> false sense of security? Was that part of the plan oh. too? I don't think it was ever meant to be that horrible. Like, even Ten Hag, uh, Ten Hag came out and said, like, he was asked about the extra session that he brought them in for the next day. And he said, look, that was an embarrassing performance. It was shameful. Uh, not in that many words. But, um, yeah, he said, look, that wasn't what we want. And I told the players that. I expect better from them and from myself. And that won't be tolerated. So, yeah, I mean, it was really good to see a reaction. Uh, the players he dropped doesn't have good signs for either Maguire or Ronaldo. Uh, I think the third player to drop was Fred. Um, so, yeah. I mean, not particularly great for Fred at the moment with Casemiro coming in. And not particularly great for Ronaldo that uh, Marshall was called off the bench ahead of him and actually played well again. So... Yeah, I mean, that's going to be interesting times for me, whether or not Ronaldo is the asset I was hoping he would be for my fantasy team. Um, that's going to be tough. Um, but yeah, I mean, as I've always said, I'm holding him until September. And if he's still there, I'll probably keep holding him. Uh, if he's not, then I'll have to make another decision. Mate, he gave you four minutes and one point. What more do you expect? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as we've talked about, the forward pool is quite shallow this year, as we'll probably talk about when we talk about the waivers. So unless there's a clear upgrade on him, I'm I'm more than happy to stick with him if he's still at United. And just quickly on Liverpool, I think on, it was probably Saturday night when I was watching a few games and doing things like that. I thought, hang on, Liverpool haven't played all that well yet. And like, it's a big game. It always is a big game. United, you know, you've got to think that they're going to be up for the game, surely. Um, so, although I think a lot of people were expecting Liverpool to wipe the floor with United, yeah, I, I sort of got that feeling uh, sort of Saturday night when I realised, well, Liverpool haven't played that great. So, what are we thinking there, boys? In terms of their assets, fantasy asset-wise, what should we be considering? Like, it's obviously early in the season, and I mean, the big assets are the big assets. They're not going anywhere. But... 
are they going to be the force that they were last year or for the last couple of years? Or are we seeing maybe a bit of a, a downward turn? I hope so. I hope they're, they're going to be as useful as previous. Otherwise, I am not going anywhere except where I currently am. Well, I mean, I saw a few people saying, was Mane a greater asset than they perhaps thought? Um, maybe, maybe not. Luis Diaz has looked a great replacement for him. And I know we've talked in the podcast before that all three of the front three that got them so far in the last few seasons were over the age of 30. So they had to make that transition eventually. Um, it was always going to sting a little bit. And I think uh, the other thing, I mean, obviously Darwin Nunes not being there, they're trying to transition maybe away from Firmino a bit. So I think it's a bit of a transition at the moment. Um, maybe they've showed that maybe it's not such going to be like a clear-cut contest between them and City right at the top again. But, I mean, as we've talked about, it's three matches in. I really do rate Klopp. Uh, it's a very strong Liverpool squad. Maybe if they get a few injuries, as they've got at the moment, it could be a bit of trouble. But, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not throwing the baby out of the bathwater. They've been really great last few years. I think they'll be thereabouts there again. There's been worrying signs early. Uh, I think it was Daniel Garb, Aussie journalist, Liverpool fan, on Twitter this morning uh, that said that the most worrying thing about it is late last season, Liverpool went through a period of poor results and actual poor performances. But that was because it was the end of a long season and the squad just looked shot. And he said that the first few games this season, they've looked tired. And when you're only three game weeks into the Premier League, that's worrisome. Um, I don't think they can keep playing that bad. Uh, they've got a decent run of fixtures. So they've got Bournemouth, um, Newcastle's at home, Everton, which will be huge, and then Wolves, Chelsea away. That'll be hard. And then Brighton at home. Brighton have been playing good as well. Um, but decent fixtures coming up. I think it would be still pretty rash decision to be ditching all your Liverpool assets um, right now. At the end of the season, they'll be there or thereabouts. They'll be top four. They may not be as close to City, but your lo the likes of your TAA, Robbo, I mean, Salah has been getting returns anyway. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Diaz, Darwin, they're going to get you fairly regular returns. Um, even Van Dyke, mate, the goal that Milner blew up at him for, he was just a statue and useless. But I don't think they can keep playing that bad. They're too good. They'll come good. How patient are people prepared to be? Well, that remains to be seen. And that's the thing, like in the real fantasy game, well, when I say the real, the you know, the normal fantasy game, the lesser fantasy game. Correct, thank you. In the lesser fantasy game, you can just get them out and you know you can bring them back in next week. In our game, not an option. So, yeah, you've definitely got to be patient. I think with those guys, if they're fit, they're playing, they will score your points. But um, otherwise, yeah, you're not going to get rid of those guys. So, um, something to think about. Uh, and we might 
jump into the waiver wire. We might have a look at uh, who got picked up by whom last week. Gilby, you're going with your rating system again. Is that the idea? Yeah, I mean, I do Perfect. love grading. I mean, all teachers love marking, don't we? So, uh, yeah, I do love giving my grades. Um, so, here we go. We're starting with Nick first. Um, he dropped Leon Bailey for Eberiche Eze from Palace. Um, gave this one a C because I think both are good players. Uh, both have their good and bad. Um, I think it's shown that Gerard has been willing to go horses for courses. I think he almost used those words and said he's going to select a lineup based on what he thinks is the best uh, team for that match and the game plan they want to do. But yeah, I mean, I can definitely see why he mix made that move. I gave it a C because it's a fairly like for like swap. Uh, as a, I saw on the weekend, he had three shots, three key passes, and he seems to do really, really well in the bonus point system because even though he didn't get an attacking return, he did pick up a bonus point for you. So, Mick, what were you thinking there? And then I'll probably go, Isaac, do you think Eze is better than Bailey? So, Mick, what do you reckon? What were you thinking to do that move? Uh, Eze is less likely likely to get a one-pointer with eight minutes off the bench. All right. If if across the next 36 weeks, he gets me half of those games a full 90 minutes or more than 60 minutes, that's 36 more points, which at the moment is two rounds worth of points for me. Fair enough. Self-burn. Self-burn. Is Eze going to be a key player for Palace this season? Yes. All right. And you, you, if it was you, would you choose him ahead of Leon Bailey? Yes. Bailey has a higher right. ceiling, potentially, like yep. in, a, in a game-to-game, like a week-to-week. But I think Eze will get more points overall. I yeah. think as well, if you look at the two teams, uh, Villa... Again, you could almost argue Villa probably have the highest ceiling, um, but right now Palace are going to finish above them. I don't think okay. there's much question about it. I think Palace have been considerably better than people probably suggest based on the fixtures that they've had. I think the downside that Mick had was that I think Bailey got an assist because he started this yeah, one. Yeah, he did get a return. So yeah. that's, that's, started, that's the downside, but that's, that's one week out of how many we're going to look forward to. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's a big deal overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like Gerard himself did say that it's going to rotate around his front three because he was asked, does he have a front three? And he basically said he's going to pick it depending on the week. So anyone with Villa attacking assets is going to have to go with a bit of rotation there, unfortunately, and see how we go, which we'll get to Ings in a bit. Um, So Nate dropped Johnson for Ings. I gave that one a B. Uh, they both got questions on playing time, particularly since Forrest just brought in another striker, Dave's old mate, Emmanuel Dennis. So whether or not Johnson keeps getting playing time is a question. I think Ings is probably an upgrade considering both are rotation risks. Um, but yeah, it was a tough one because Johnson scored and Ings did not. So it cost uh, Nate some points this week. In the long run, I'd probably have Ings rather than Johnson, which is why I gave him a B there. Um, Isaac, you were next. You dropped my Manchester United starting defender Martinez for Neko Williams. Um, I gave you a B. I debated to give you an A there because uh, I really do like Neko Williams. I think he's a significant upgrade there. The only question I have would be um, Forrest, when I had a look at their numbers, uh, you got a bit unlucky because he was really close to a shutout against Everton. Um, and Williams actually had three shots and two chances created. He's top of every defender in the game for goal attempts. 
and he's third for chances created overall. So he's looking really, really good as an attacking asset. The only issue you have is the Forest are bottom of the league for conceding goal attempts, shots on target, and expected goals conceded. So with Williams, it looks like you're either getting an attacking return or one point. So are you willing to ride with that, Isaac? Because I know you've kind of gone a bit safe with your defence so far this season. Uh, yep, I think given the right fixtures, happy to you know play him, have that risk if he's that attacking uh, and, and the stats are that favourable in that sense. Happy to go with it at this point. Cool, yeah. I mean, I'd definitely be on board there. Uh, Jeff tried for Ings as well, but settled for dropping Surridge that we slated him for last round. You mean and Sturridge? He managed, uh, <laughs> he managed to go with Firmino. Um, it was his second choice, but I know Jeff was overjoyed to pick up Firmino. He didn't think he'd slide that far. He thought someone would jump in ahead of him. So, I mean, I had to give him an A because he's picked up someone that is not that is going to play for the next few weeks for Liverpool in the striking position for someone that is barely playing five minutes. So in that case, it was a clear upgrade. Um, Dan was before next. You go on, before yeah, yeah. you go on, Gilby, uh, I'm pretty sure you missed out. Craney brought in um, Ben Mee for target and then Ben brought in Rodrigo for Fraser. So... Did you mean to? Oh yeah, no, no. I had that. I had. I have cycled down a bit quicker. Sorry. Yep. So (laughs) thank you. Uh, Yeah. Justin dropped target for me. I gave that a B because target's injured. Me was coming off a 14 point round, but picked up a zero this round. So unfortunately, Cranny's luck hasn't continued there. Um, What luck? Ben was next. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. Poor Cranny. His lack of luck has continued. There you go. Yep. If it wasn't bad luck, you'd have no luck at all. (laughs) Yep. Uh, so Ben was next, as, as Dave just identified. He's dropped Fraser for Rodrigo. Gave that one an A. Uh, Rodrigo is top of the league so far for points. First round was seven. Second was 15. Third was 13. So he has 35 points from three rounds. He's 10 ahead of Hazel. Are you okay, Kobe Mick? And... Sorry, are you, are you all right, Mick? You seem really... Uh... <laughs> it, it hurts so much. He's is 10 ahead of Jesus, Tony, and KDB who share sex. You look shattered, so, mate. Yeah, that one stings a bit. It's fucking brilliant. I love it. Um, so I gave that one an A. Clear upgrade. Fraser isn't playing, even though he's been a favorite can, of Howe in the past. Can I just so, ask yeah, Mick? I, mean, I just want to ask Mick really quickly, like... So you didn't pick up Rodrigo. I was it based on the fixture and the fact that he's like scored hardly any goals like until now. Like, no, no, I, I put in for him. All right. I just got my first option. So I got oh. Jewsbury Hall two weeks ago. Right. Um, and I had Rodrigo second and Aronson third. Since then, Rodrigo has scored twenty eight points. My entire twenty two <laughs> people I have played have scored about 40. Wow. Yeah, that one stings a bit. I, I was gonna, Are you going like, to do a trade then? <laughs> tra- tra- <laughs> Not from tra- Rodrigo. Tra- so what, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we'll probably talk a little bit about Leeds a bit later on. But anyway, we'll, so we'll keep going there. Now I'm back on, uh, on track there, I hope. Uh, Dan was another one that tried for Rodrigo and Ben Mee, and he got neither. And the interesting thing for me was to do those trades... For Rodrigo and Ben Mee, he was offering out Rashford and Dalot. 
um, which I'll talk a little bit about later again. Um, Mick was next, dropped Drewsbury Hall for Harvey Barnes. We talked about this last week, uh, yeah. thinking that Drewsbury Hall was a temporary one and Harvey well, Barnes probably injured for longer and he's yeah, come back and a bit quicker. He came back that week, so I could have had Rodrigo for 28 points and instead <laughs> I undid the trade I did. Yeah. So I got so me two I, points. Two. I did... I did give you a B there because I do think Harvey Barn is an upgrade on Drewsby Hall. Um, so I did give you the benefit of the out but, there. But maybe um, overall, it's a maybe little, a D. little consolation. <laughs> little yeah. consolation. Yeah. So uh, next, Justin also tried for Rodrigo and Ings. Ben tried for Ings. Uh, Nate tried for me. Um, everyone seduced by that 14 point round last week, I think. Um, but Nate then settled for dropping Ricardo Pereira. A little bit uh, weak late there, but brought in Beltman. Um, I gave that an A. I was very, very close to taking Pereira myself, uh, to taking uh, Beltman myself. Beltman. I, yeah, I probably should have um, because both of my defenders that I was considering transferring out didn't really play. So we'll get onto that a bit later. But yeah, Brighton have looked really, really good. They've got great fixtures coming up. Um, I thought that was a really good trade there. Jeff dropped Smith Rowe and brought in uh, Xhaka. On paper last season, you would say horrible, but this season, Smith Rowe has not really been playing. It's been a great start for Arsenal, so you don't really see him getting much of a look in at the moment. And Xhaka is actually playing a bit more of an attacking role. So he's actually popped up in the attacking uh, areas a lot more this season. So, I mean, I gave that a B. I think it's probably a pretty solid move to trade in a player that's playing pretty regularly for an Arsenal side in really good form. So I'm... Reckon Jeff did really well this week. Um, free agents. Dan continued with his dropping, and he dropped Rashford for De Silva. Um, it was a painful one. Oh, no. Rashford did, Rashford did score. Um, so, yeah. That yes, was so a mix picking up this week. Points. Yeah, yeah, lousy 10 points. And the other one to note for people watching transfers, um, they've actually brought in Damsgaard. Um, and I think that it may affect De Silva's position. So that could be one to look at as well, because Mikhail Damsgaard's pretty solid there and a really good attacking outlet. So, but yeah, I mean, I think it's probably way too knee-jerk to drop Rashford after the first two rounds, given that we don't really have anyone to play in those roles, those wings roles, like I said earlier. Um, so unfortunately, I had to give Dan a D for that move. Um, next, he dropped Diego Dalot for Kelly. Um, that was, uh, I gave it a D as well, because if you were going to drop a Manchester United defender, I can understand it. I could have gone with that, but bringing in a Bournemouth defender, given that they were playing Arsenal and they're about to play Liverpool, I'm not sure I can see the value there, unfortunately. So I didn't really like Mick's, uh, Dan's moves this round. Um, Mick was next. He dropped Matty Cash for his Stupinan, um, from Brighton, the new player from Villarreal. Mick, did you have a tip about Estupinan starting? Because I noticed he did come off the bench, but didn't start. No, he was my third bench option. Um, from what I've read and seen about him, he is he has very, very similar stats and output to Cucurella. Um, and I figure with Cucurella not there, he's likely to play that left wing back role. Um, I think Brighton, along with Palace, are probably the best of the mid-table teams. I mean, you look at West Ham, they haven't scored a goal yet in three games. They're not looking particularly good. Villa aren't looking particularly good. Um, so I think he he should get the starting role once he gets started. 
Um, against West Ham, I wasn't really expecting him, but you look at their next five games, Leeds, Fulham, Leicester, Bournemouth, Palace. Um, solid run. If you can pick up a few points for me there, with either clean sheet or attacking output, um, it'll be worthwhile. So I, I wasn't picking him up necessarily for this round. I was hoping to get ahead of the pack and see. I guess taking a little bit of a risk. I wasn't going to play um, cash this week anyway. So Yep. I yeah, saw him coming into the league. Um, he was at Watford for four years. Um, I remember seeing his name thrown around when he was signed in 2016. But for those four years at Watford, he was loaned out every single time and never played a single minute. So when he, when I saw that he was coming in to the Premier League, I didn't even go as far as looking at what he'd done recently because I knew that he's still young. And I mean, if you can't get a start for Watford, you're in a bit of trouble. Yeah, like so I said, good the, luck, Mick. Yeah, the, the comparison's sake was obviously Cucurella to Estupanen. It's always hard to compare your La Liga stats to Premier League stats. So you could argue, yes, his output might have been better, but maybe they block through the middle a bit more. There's more width in the Spanish game. So it, yes, it's not the same, but if it is a straight swap for Cucurella and he does play that left wing back role, wing backs in this game are point machines or have been historically. This year is not a big at the back year, which sucks for someone who's taken it back as their first round draft pick. Um, but if he does kind of do that role, um, hopefully he can get me some points. And he did yeah, no, play man. 53 games for Villarreal, so that's nothing to be sneezed at. Yeah, no, I mean, I debated maybe going on the low side with the grade here, but then I also looked at Villa's fixtures. Um, they've got a really tough set of fixtures coming up. And they've conceded six goals already up against Bournemouth, Everton, and Crystal Palace from 32 shots in the box. So that's the third highest conceded in the league against three of the weaker teams in the league. So, I mean, I'm happy to maybe push up to a B here, but I probably would have gone a C for that move. I think it's probably a straight swap at the moment. But, yeah, I mean, waited to see there because Matty Cash has been really solid in the past. A stupid M may or may not work out. Villa's only won three of their last 14 league games. They've been awful. Yeah, Yeah, that's why I gave you the benefit of the doubt because I thought Villa's defense hasn't looked solid anyway. Uh, Mate, they beat Brisbane Raw. What more do you want? (laughs) Is that not evidence enough at how great they are? Jeff dropped Enketia for Armstrong. Uh, I see here they're both not really playing. It's just a bit of a sideways move. Maybe Jeff hoping that Armstrong might get the Southampton starting striking position. Whether or not that's worth much at the moment, I don't know, given how bad Southampton have been. Um, but yeah, sideways move there to finish off the moves for this week. In fairness to Jeff, uh, Southampton have scored five goals in three games. Yes, Armstrong's not necessarily started. He's played, for, I think, the second half of the first game off the bench for 30 minutes and then played the starting 70. But compared to Enkedia, who's had about four minutes total, I think it's a... I, I, I don't know if it's necessarily like for like, but... It's better off. Yeah, I mean, potentially you could go a B then. Um, I know Jeff was pretty confident he'd get pretty high grades from me this week with his moves. So, yeah, I mean, why not? I'll, give, I'll push up to a B there with Mix uh, giving the benefit of the doubt with a bit of remarking there. You're welcome, Jeff. Keep that in mind next time I send you a trade offer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's time, boys, to look at our league ladder, if that's okay. Um, no, it's not. Don't. Let's do it. Mick, there's good news, mate. You've climbed the the, the league table. I don't know That's if terrible I've terrible news because that means he's not going to get Rashford. Oh I, I no! Don't, I don't know if I've climbed or someone's just fallen. 
I think I think though, Dave, you're you're putting a lot of faith in that Craney's actually going to pick up Rashford. Um, yeah, or that he's like anyone and going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's <laughs> let's look at it. Uh, Craney currently sits on the bottom uh, on a total of sixty nine points. I'm sure there's a joke in there somewhere. Mick uh, is on seventy one points. Uh, ben. Uh, seven. Oh, sorry, eighty-seven points. Uh, we've got Nathan in sixth place, one hundred and twelve. Uh, myself in fifth place, one hundred and thirty. And then Jeff, who sort of uh, came down a few places, one hundred and thirty-seven points. Uh, Dan, one hundred and forty-four. Dave, one hundred and fifty-one. For a while there, you were neck and neck with uh, our first place, but uh, equal on points. But I think obviously some bonus points came in, and Gilby up on top 153 points. So, you know, there's to mid table there's about 20 23 points or so in it. So, you know, things are nice and close at this point in time, which is good to see. Uh, but we need to have a look at a couple of teams. So, we've spoken about Craney a little bit. I might quickly run through Craney's team, 16 points. Not what I'm sure not what he was after. We've got uh the only person getting anything more than an appearance uh, appearance is Son with three points with a shutout, which isn't what he would have wanted. So you've got Havertz and more two points apiece. You've got Shar uh, and me, zero points. Um, Van Dyke and uh, Castanier with one point each. It, things just aren't going the way I'm sure just uh, Craney wanted at this point in time. So uh, I think he's got a few things to look at there in this coming game week. He's got the first pick in the waiver, so it'll be interesting to see what he decides to strengthen. Um, I think he'll be absolutely kicking himself for leaving Guita on the bench and missing out on that one extra point. <laughs> to get a grand total of 17, yeah, that would have put him up to yeah. 70 points. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure there's too much else to say for poor old Crane at this point in time. He's got a bit of work to do. Uh, I'm sure he's hoping that a few big players are coming into the league or, you know, something that he can maybe pick somebody up of substance. But uh, we'll just have to if wait. If Crane was on the block and I was one of the judges, I'd be describing his team as a renovator's delight. <laughs> a renovator's delight. There you go, Craney. Well, I'm sure he'll be really pleased to give... Uh, received that feedback so well well done dave thank you mate um, gotta stick the boot in while i can i know it's going to come around to me sooner or later <laughs> so you need to you need to enjoy these moments well i think mick we need to uh turn our attention to your team um look it wasn't your most productive week with 25 points actually uh, isaac it was my most sorry productive week. okay oh, let me rephrase another self-burn <laughs> so I, not i had to check I have scored 24, 22, and 25, so this is my most productive week. Not only have you got... I'm improving. Can you have, say you're yeah, improving? Not, not only have you been able to climb up the ladder, you have improved in your actual output for your team. So run us through your team, Mick, um, and, and please don't hold back. Um, the highlights will be Sancho for 10 and Wilson for 6. Uh, unfortunately, they were again left on my bench. <laughs> Um, I just had a count in three weeks. Why, why 50, do you do that? I've left 53 why? points on the bench why? in three weeks. Why though? This is the thing I don't get, right? Sancho so, against Liverpool, Wilson against City. No, but That was my logic. So so Dave did this last year as well, where he'd leave like Robbo on the bench 
And I'm yeah, like, what are you idiot. doing? <laughs> like, you got to yeah. play your best players. I know that's hard teams, but come on, Mick. Yeah, Didn't you okay. learn from my mistakes? <laughs> my logic was I have a Liverpool and a City defender. I had Everton against Forest. Forest have been awful. I have a Brentford defender against Fulham. Brentford have been good. I had uh, Saka, who I'm going to play. Uh, Eze against Villa, who I was happy with. Wolves against Spurs. Neto, okay, there's one I probably could have dropped. Um, Harvey Barnes just picked him up against Southampton. Southampton haven't been good. I had to play Mitrovic with the way he's been going. And I stupidly left Awani on the bench last week, so I had to play him. So it was purely <laughs> because I had to play everybody else that I left him on the bench. Anyway, that, that that's the uh, benefits to mine. Okay. Um, what In terms of who actually scored for me, uh, Mitrovic got me six. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, the um, end. I had Saka for three, Eze for three, and De Gea for three. Everyone got, else got appearance points. TAA, my first draft pick, has a total of... How many points has he got me so four, far? Four, I think. Yeah, four points. I won four? a three and a zero. Yeah. Um, Nathan Ake, my signing, got me one because he got injured in the 20th minute, which was fantastic, oh. uh, which lovely pre- prevented my 10 to come on. Um, I, I will say, though, going into this last game, I knew I had De Gea coming off the bench because Fulham's goalkeeper, they swapped to Leno, and I was worried. I was really worried that it was going to be a 4-0 and De Gea was going to have a negative two um, and I was going to score under 20 points. So the three points from him is a massive, massive (laughs) win for me, particularly when... It was looking much better until there was uh, five minutes to go. Yeah. Yeah. Shut out there would have been a big help. But when when I woke up this morning and I saw that Sancho had scored on my bench, TAA had lost his clean sheet points, and then three minutes later he got a yellow card, I'd I'd given up. I didn't even check the score after that. (laughs) And from what I... Like, I I watched the game, but it was at 5am in the morning, so I wasn't completely attentive. But, yeah, TAA was trash. Anyway. (laughs) Did not look good. Did not pass the eye test, nor did he pass the FPL test. Okay, well... Or just the general playing football test. I think you said it, Mick, but how many points have you left on the bench so far this season? 53. What would you be... (laughs) I'm on 71 from my 33 players. From my 12 across my bench, it's 53. Oh, no. Oh, no. All right, well, I think... You can put Craney and me together so we can have twice as many players and we'd still be coming fifth in this league. (laughs) Oh, no. All right. But you're beating Nathan. So Nathan's the defending champ. So, you know, that's a win, right? Right? (laughs) Sure. Gilby, what? What are you you looking at, Dave? Oh, the two of them together. If, oh, if they got their points oh, and put them together, right. they would I be see. coming fifth. And Nathan okay. is currently coming sixth. Right. Small wins. Small wins. Yeah. Small wins. Right? Yeah. Right. Well, Very, very small wins. <laughs> now, really quickly, I, I know, um, you know, getting through this can sometimes take a bit of time. But Mick, I want to talk about quickly, you, you were trying to make some trades during the week. Uh, yeah, so I actually sent trade offers to uh, Gilby, Dan, a lot to Jeff, um, yourself, Isaac, and <laughs> Ben. Um, so I sent five of our nine or eight other managers trade offers. Now, some of them more passing offers than legitimate ones, um, but I'll, I'll talk maybe about Jeff, the most um, common one. Basically, I had Callum Wilson for Newcastle, uh, 
Mitrovic for Fulham and to, is it Ty Tyvi Awani for Nottingham yep. Forest, um, who I think last week they all came off a goal scoring performance. Um, sorry, no, Mitrovic didn't, but he scored a double the first week, um, and he missed a penalty last week. So all three of them have scored a goal. Between them, they scored about four or five goals already this year. So. I went through basically our league. I knew the forward pool was really short. And I said, well, I have first pick. We have Bobby Firmino, who's more than likely going to start with injuries for um, Liverpool. And we have Danny Ings in the free agency. So I looked at the free agency and saw that the best available players were forwards. I have three forwards. For me to get the best available player, I need to make a trade to try and solidify either my defense, goalkeeper, defense, or midfield by trading away one of my starting forwards and I'll just pick up a replacement there. So my plan was, and the only way you can really do that type of trade is a two for two or more. So I was, my plan was to trade away um, a Callum Wilson, for instance, and a mid tier, not a top tier, but a mid mid to low tier defender or midfielder in return for a crap forward, like a Surridge was the main one I was aiming for because he's not going to play or uh, Enkedia, one point, one guy that I'm happy to throw away to pick up someone and a really good defender or mid. So for Jeff's team, and I, I admit, I started really fucking high. I really wanted to try and get the best possible. And I, you start there to try and make the next one not seem as elaborate. Like it's a tactic, the way you can play it, whatever it might be. The same way as what I'm offering is a little bit less because you know what, maybe I can go a bit more. We'll see how it goes. So I started with, um, Wilson and Pontus Janssen um, from Brentford for Enkedia and I went straight for Robertson. Now I knew that wasn't probably going to happen but especially with Jeff being a Liverpool fan and they were playing Man United but I threw the offer out there and I said look Enkedia's wasted space Janssen was, had the most big chances in an attacking sense out of all defenders last season with eight Okay, from in terms of goal attacks, so he's a legitimate goal threat. He only scored three, so he actually severely underperformed in terms of in front of goal last year. Brentford had just come off a 4-0 win over Man U, so Brentford's actually a solid defensive team. And I think Newcastle, with Callum Wilson, he hasn't really shown it because, yes, he does he's injury-prone, but could score 15 to 20 goals for that team if they keep performing the way they have been. So I think – my thinking is, well, you can have that set-and-forget kind of forward – not worry about anyone else because he'll play unless they sign someone else with their new oil money. But then you can strengthen with waivers everywhere else. Um, and my thinking with Jeff was, you're not going to get that waiver. So that's where I was going. There was a bit of to and fro. Trippier got thrown about instead of Robertson because obviously he didn't want to part with him. Um, I wasn't super sold on Trippier at the time. And I, I just didn't know if yes, and Trippier was as much of an upgrade as Wilson or Ings would have been for that. So nothing ended up coming of it, but that was my theory for it. In the end, it didn't happen. Um, couldn't make the trade work. After this morning, though, you can imagine I immediately got back to Jeff and I've offered him the same trade again. <laughs> and I have, he, he's turned it down already. Um, but the caveat was expect every week that Wilson scores a goal and Liverpool doesn't perform, this trade offer is getting sent again. <laughs> Until the point where I lose faith and I start offering you TAA. So we'll see how it goes. If it gets to the point where I can't get it anymore, maybe it'll go the other way. But that, that was a few of the trades that were all just across the same kind of line. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I was trying to do. Unfortunately, I just couldn't get it done. Well, you offered me Wilson and De, and De Gea 
Yeah, like I said, I was even and, looking to upgrade yeah. forwards. Uh, and sorry, so, Dawkins. And so, like that was that was tempting. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, because I, I'd I also burned. knew, I also knew Fulham were likely to change to Leno at some point, and I knew if De Gea got smashed, which man, you haven't looked good. I was in a problem with goalkeepers, and I wasn't going to get many points at all. So I thought maybe, and I I think that was the trade I offered through Dan as well as I tried to get uh, Allison. No, Jeff has Allison. Um, ben for Edison, maybe. But yeah, I, I basically looked at goalkeepers as well. So I tried. I tried a few things. You did. It just shows you how hard it is to make a trade in this league. <laughs> you did. You did. I th- I think people like. I mean, I've I've got Harland and Tony. I'm sure people have been really pissed if I managed to get Wilson as well. Like, come on. <laughs> I'm not, I'm sure. I, I got Wilson pretty early, though. He was my first choice. First choice. No, but, but, yeah, I mean, but that's you, what I mean. If, if that was three, my front yeah, three, how pissed off would Gilby be? Like, really? And, and <laughs> from Dave's perspective, I looked at your team, Dave, and I'm pretty sure, A, you didn't have a need for another forward. And B, I think we're kind of strong in the same areas. So I just didn't think there was a way that I could make it work, which is why I didn't do it. Same, same as um, Craney, for instance, where I needed, so midfielders and defenders is probably his weakest area as well. So there's just no way that trade would really work. So, yeah. Yeah, the offer you sent me, I did think about, um, but I really like Alvarez. Um, and I, I, if we get a chance a bit later on, we'll see how we go for time. Um, I'll directly there's, read out. A there's a good quote program. for you, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. I directly read that out. Um, if we get a chance later on, I might read that one to, out. That's, to to that's also why. put it out there, I, I don't know exactly how it worked, Gilby, but I was messaging Jeff enough that I threw something out there, even in passing, and I'm pretty sure Jeff then spoke to Gilby about personally going a three-person trade. So it, it was floated about well, Jeff, there were offers on the table. It just Jeff, didn't happen. Jeff well. did message me and say, Hey, if I could swing a trade for Sancho, would you be interested? So it was gonna be like last day at the trading table and everyone was gonna be on. So uh Jeff, why not? Jeff, like, I, Jeff does, I consider Jeff does love his transfers. If you Jeff is a championship manager man from way, way back. So he loves love his wheelie and dealing. He's Harry Redknapp in uh, Australian attire. So I think that could be some fun there. Well, I think there's more. There's definitely more that we'll be able to talk about in the next few weeks. Hey, whoever picks up Rashford might be able to uh, wheel and deal with Gilby as well. I'm thinking about it with Martial if he keeps playing. Hey, who knows? Gilby might go for something. So uh, we'll have to wait and see there. But I, uh, I can almost guarantee you. It's not falling past me. It's me or Craney. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to wait and see. Uh, So, look, let's talk about uh, the the next place on the ladder. We've got uh, Ben, uh, who scored 24 points this week. I'll go through it really quick. Um, I think the the big thing to take away from Ben's team is that he got a couple of uh, players coming away with some good points. Uh, Edward and Davies, five and six apiece. Otherwise, it's just appearance points for his particular team. Um, He's got some good players there. Sterling didn't perform, or Chelsea didn't perform in general. The big thing, the big thing for Ben is he picked up Rodrigo and then put him on his bench as the last substitute on his bench where Grealish came out, Gallagher came in, and so on his bench, he's sitting 13 points. I just, if you're picking up somebody from the free agency, Ben, please, just please, play them. I've been burnt by that this season already. Please now, play them. The messages, the messages from Ben were, 
also left a new transfer on the bench. His next message, I hate the new app. So I don't oh, know if no. it was an old, did the trade, didn't hit save, uh, but it could have been that scenario. We've all been there. We've all been there. That's frustrating. I feel for him now. That's not good at all. I'm up in central Queensland for work at the moment and I caught up with Ben for dinner on Monday night in Emerald um, as just a catch-up chat we didn't delve into the depths of fantasy um other than to just basically um, hang on Dave. did set... i just say you didn't delve into the depths of fantasy while out for dinner with another man <laughs> yeah gilby come on you're supposed to be the the grown-up here did you go and get pierced winners or what pierced winners <laughs> uh now they watched the video together slight... though. <clears throat> Slight uh, enjoy, enjoyment, um, basically celebrating the fact that Ben wasn't last. Yeah, good. That was the extent of our fantasy chat. Um, but yeah, I should have really, let's keep the theme going, I should have really probed him on why Rodrigo wasn't in his starting lineup. Uh, let's leave that one there. Moving on. Uh, we've, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's climb up the ladder even further. We've got uh, Nathan, defending champ. Uh, 45 points this game week, which is up there with uh, some of the best this particular week. Good to see. Uh, he's got uh, Ramsdale on six die with uh, six Veltman, who he brought in, actually played him. Got six. Well done, Nathan. Uh, Martinelli with eight. six. Got eight. Oh, eight, sorry. Yes, you're right. Uh, Martinelli with six, Gross with six, Welbeck with five. Some really good performers there, which is really, really good to see. Um, not, you know, just one player doing really well, just, you know, good a good mixture of, of points. Um, he's still got Matip and Laporte on his bench, which he's probably holding uh, at this point in time, so he's not getting anything there. He did... He did have... I'm not sure if I mentioned Ramsdale with six as well, so that's where the bulk of his 45 points came from. So everything's looking pretty good for Nathan at the moment. Like he's he's had a good re- game week. He'll want to obviously do that more and more. He'll have some underperformers, people like Barty, who's not performing at this point in time. So I have to wait and see if he picks up. Uh, Coutinho not performing. Um, Mount definitely not performing. So I you know I think it's a matter of time before some of those guys click into gear and we start to see some bigger points from Nathan. But you know forty five points this game week isn't anything to uh, to sneeze about. So. I'm sure he's pretty happy with that. And then that gets us up into fifth. So um, that would be me. So I had 52 points. So I think I was second for the round week, which I was pretty happy with. I didn't move up any places, but I did close a bit of a gap um, on the people above, which is is good. Um, and I just had a couple of people really stand out this week. So I had Laris with nine points, Gabrielle with seven points, Harlan with six points, Tony with eight points. Those two have done really, really well for me. I've been really pleased with those guys. Um, and Bernardo, 13 points. Now, the funny thing with Bernardo, I messaged Nathan, I'd say probably 20 minutes before the waiver was sort of due. And I said, hey, should I get rid of Bernardo? <laughs> I'm like, should should I actually maybe, I don't know, he hasn't done anything, not starting. I just don't know where he's going to fit into the team. And I sort of, I had that moment where I was like, should I do that? Um and he didn't answer back, which is probably a good thing. So, I, I, you know, I didn't do anything. But then I also thought, and I messaged him this as well, I think. I'm like, you know, he has the potential to play in multiple positions on the pitch. If someone goes down injured, he's going to be the first one who's in playing week in, week out. And 
To be fair, he played on the. Did him and did Foden switch sides, and he played on the right? I think potentially. I, I can't recall. He either replaced Grealish, or he at least replaced Foden, who replaced Grealish. If that makes sense. And uh, I think he looks really good there, so I'm really happy with that. Um, according to this, he started at right wing. Right wing, so that's where Foden was playing. So yeah, Foden went over to the left, and yeah, Bernardo played there. So 13 points, really happy with that. Um, he got a goal and assist and some, and some bonus, so I was happy that I held on to him. Um, and you know, I've still got players who aren't cl- quite performing, like Bowen. Kulusevski's been quiet last couple of weeks. Fernandez. Um, has been quiet, so I, I'm I'm keen when all those guys bang away. I'm I'm happy. I I think I'm gonna see some good points personally. So you're happy when all your guys bang away. Yeah, cool. absolutely, and I'm sure uh, Dave and Ben with the wieners will be as well. So let's move forward and let's talk about Jeff. This is out of control. Absolutely. Oh, it could get worse. Uh, Dave, <laughs> did you want to talk through Jeff's? Uh, sure, let's do that. <laughs> Jeff had 49 points. So again, another fairly solid round. Anytime you're there or thereabouts around 50 points, uh, you should be pretty happy. Um, he did drop uh, a position, so you won't be thrilled about that. But, you know, 49 points is still a good return. Um, unfortunately for him... He had Koulibaly in the side. I think from memory, he'd just brought him in through the waivers or something. Is No? I, th- I no, think he, he picked him up. Him. Draft, yeah. Had him from the room. All right. Anyway, played 83 minutes, uh, but conceded three goals and then proceeded to get sent off. So he'll be uh, on the benches uh, for a bit. Um, Trippier, White and Royale all got good returns for him. Um, Xhaka, six points. Salah, eight. Zaha with 12. Um, so two goals. Uh, did miss a penalty, but, you know, scored the follow-up. So redeemed himself. And the three bonus. So didn't really leave anything on his bench. He could have had um, Sanchez in goals for eight points as opposed to Edison's one. Um, but, yeah, overall, you know, you're not always going to make every perfect decision but yeah points points across the board three defender returns three midfielder returns not really yeah anything to worry about there i don't think with jeff yeah looking pretty good well we'll move on to dan he's next in third 50 points this game week so one more than jeff's uh mick did you want to take us through dan's team he's obviously doing pretty well uh sure yeah, um, I mean, you could pretty much sum Dan's team up at the moment, or at least this week, with four players. Uh, Martinez got 10, Saliba got 14. Now, I haven't actually seen, but was his goal like a wonder strike or something? Yeah, I've heard yes. it's pretty good. And if you haven't seen it, watch it. But most of the replays that you'll see will be focused in on Zinchenko's reaction. Yeah. Okay. Watch Zinchenko's oh, reaction. And that'll tell you everything you need to know about the goal that was scored preceding. Also, okay. well, it, it, was, 10, it was his wrong foot 14, too. Yep. Impressive. Mm. Impressive. Um, Harrison got 14 and Jesus got four. Um, that's, I mean, what's that? 28, 38, 42 points alone. Um, he got 
he would have been disappointed to see Diaz didn't start. But when Ake then got injured, he was going to get more than 60 minutes, which is two points. Um, did concede three goals, though. So in the end, he only ended up with one for Diaz. With the double defence for City, he also got one for Walker. Um, and then Cucurella conceded. They conceded three against Leeds, so also one point there. And then his midfield potence, 58 minutes. And De Silva got a yellow card for one point. So he had five players with one point. Oh, and Richarlison for one point. So there you go. Six players with only one point. Diaz with appearance fees, appearance um, points. And there are four guys, three guys in double digits and Jesus with four, which in a 3-0 win, you'd probably expect Jesus to get more than that. And didn't have much left on the bench. Um, Mares was an automatic substitution, so didn't get any minutes, um, which I don't think would worry too much. I think, like you said, you've got to start Mares. He's... There's not many. There's not going to be any games where you'd not expect City to score. Um, they're never going to be played out of a game, so he's going to start more often than not. Yeah. I mean, when the when the alternative's only getting one point anyway, it doesn't really cost you. Yeah. And if you've got a good option on your bench to where you can do that, where Potence, yeah, he's you know he's he's going to score a few goals across the season. It's not a bad one to bring in. So yeah, happy days. I think he can be pretty happy with that return this week. Um, there are some keepers who got some good points this week, like. You know, I think that's been really good to see. So, you know, something to, to see if that continues across the next uh, few game weeks. Now, let's move on. Let's look at the second place, 63 points, the leader of the round. Dave, how did you do it? Uh, I don't know. By not making a transfer, no. perhaps? Um, <laughs> by not making a transfer yet again, uh, I've said that I needed to be um, patient with Perisic from day one, and I knew he wasn't going to immediately be a starter, but I knew that he'd come into the team sooner or later. And he's just everything, every minute he has been on the pitch, he has been near that final third um, on set, or at least on corners, um, a lot of the corners for Spurs and yeah, scored um, 12 points. So uh, big hole there. Zinchenko with another shutout, so six. He's been great for me so far. Um, unfortunately, Creswell got me a zero, but I can live with that. Uh, and then two other big hauls. St. Maximin with three assists and two bonus against City, which I never was counting on. Uh, and then Odegaard with two goals, a couple of bonus and a clean sheet for 16 points, so massive. Um, other than that, I mean, even my bit part players were good. Oh, Kane obviously popped up with that late goal as well. But even my bit part players like, you know, Jensen with four points, Lingard with three, um, James only got one. I think he was playing at centre back and obviously conceded the three goals. But he's going to, you know, give me points in future weeks. Uh, I knew that there was a chance he'd be playing centre back at times. Um I'm not thinking about moving him on anytime soon. But as I've mentioned the last few weeks, my problem child is T. Elements and it's really going to be a case of wait and see what the transfer window um, holds. We spoke about Xhaka a bit earlier, how he is playing more minutes and more attacking. There's been a little bit of rumour that if T. Elements was to go to Arsenal, which was looking fairly likely in recent days that that would be reliant on Xhaka moving on. 
if Shaka moves on, Tielemann slots straight into that Arsenal midfield in a fairly attacking role. Okay, it's not going to be as attacking as um, Saka or Odegaard or Martinelli. But if he slots into that Arsenal midfield, they're looking great at the moment and I'd hold on to him. If he stays at Leicester and he's a bit part player or if he goes to Man U, which was another um, option, he was one of the lesser um, priorities for Man U, but he ended up there. They're two situations where I'd be keen to ship him, get rid of him. But I'm just going to have to ride it until the end of the transfer window. Yeah, fair enough. I, I... But yeah, I mean, He's sorry, got... 63, 63 points overall. Yeah. And closing right up on Gilby, I can't complain about any of that. Yeah, absolutely. And and that does lead us to Gilby. So, mate, 48 points this week. It's always it, You can never be disappointed if you're up around the 50 points, that's for sure. And to use uh, a term coined uh, in this particular podcast, your midfield just banged away this week. Yeah, yeah. No, very, very happy with uh, all my boys banging away. Um, so... The main thing I was uh, I thought a lot about was potentially making some transfers with my defenders. Probably should have, but yeah, I mean I'm really really happy across the board there. Uh, KDB, Madison, Ward, Prowse, Trossard, and Gundogan all got attacking returns. So yeah, midfield was great. Watkins um, scored as well for Villa, but yeah, appearance points other than that didn't look great with Ronaldo not being selected and not being the first striker to come off the bench. Um, but yeah, I mean, all up, I'm really, really happy. Um, as my wife reminded me when I said, oh, I think I'll probably be in the lead again this week. She's like, hasn't this happened the last two seasons? You've gone great and then crashed and burned. Oh, wow. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, thanks. Yeah, good to, know you're, good to know you're paying attention to fantasy. Like, um, but yeah. Listens to the uh, podcast, I, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Avid listener, yeah. big fan. Yeah. As, as I've said a Long few time times, listener, like, first time caller. <laughs> Yeah, um, the as I said a few times, like I'm just focusing this season on not taking the game or myself too seriously and just having some fun. So if this keeps going, great. If it doesn't, it's going to be fun either way. And it's never as good as it seems, and it's never as bad as it seems, is it, Gilby? <laughs> I don't know about good you, but this, good to know you my team, attention. my team seems pretty bad. <laughs> oh look, uh, and. Gilby, at the end of the day, you've got a great midfield, and that always goes a long way. We know, you know, Jeff's won the league multiple times with a really, really good midfield, and, and that seems to be sort of what you've got at this point in time. So you've got to be happy. Your midfield, your midfield scored thirty-five points this week. My starting midfielders across three weeks have scored a total of thirty-one. <laughs> well, I mean, Mick, like as uh, if I look at your team, though, and, I, yeah, I, I was I, just thinking that if I look at your mids, I would still take it. From the, now to the rest of the season, I would still take Saka probably before everyone except KDB in your team. Yep. Relatively yep. similar. No, now no, that you've no, had no, no. playing, Gundawan's playing in that high role. He, you could argue he's been a steal. Madison, Leicester have been pretty bad. Ward Prowse has been good, as always. Trossard, I could take or leave. It's just, I guess, performance. So I, on paper, great team. Game should be played on paper. <laughs> yeah, well, I've told myself that for the last couple of seasons and it has not gone well for me. So if you go better than I do playing it on paper, then 
best of luck to you, Mick. But, I mean, I, I had a look at some statistics this week. Um, yeah, Madison, uh, Leicester have only created one big chance so far this season. Um, but Madison, he scored his free kick. That makes 25 goals or assists in his last 29. So he's been the lone highlight for Leicester for a while now. So I'm really, really happy with that pick. But I'm really hoping Leicester go a bit better for a number of people's sakes. <laughs> for Brendan Rogers' sake, anyway. Um, <laughs> I think what was the quote about Alvarez? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So I will go jump in quick. So direct quote, um, Pep Guardiola's asked about Erling Haaland and rotation. What is important is he doesn't have niggles. Last season, he didn't play 90 minutes because he was injured. The physios and doctors did an incredible job since he arrived to avoid injuries. Now he has one game a week. I tell you now, when we have games every three days that Erling will not play, I will play Julian Alvarez. One of my favorite players is Bernardo, and he did not play until today. Riyad is by far one of my favorite players, especially on the biggest stages, and today didn't play. When we start with games every three days, everyone is going to play. So I, we talked about statistics at the start of the season. Everyone has bemoaned pep rotation for years. If you actually look at these statistics, particularly when we played five subs during the project restart, pep doesn't rotate as much as the meme says he does, but... Yeah, I mean, it looks like the rotation is going to keep happening and we're just going to have to wear it because when City assets play, they'll be worth pretty big points and you've just got to hope that it's not the round you bench them in. Does that mean you're starting Alvarez every week now? I'm not starting Alvarez. I will potentially look at starting him in a Champions League week, particularly if they've travelled. So. I'll be more than happy to take that risk, particularly by dropping the weakest one of my defenders or midfielders. Am I not right in saying, though, that from now until pretty much game week eight, they have a game every three days? I think it's pretty close, yes. Because so particularly why are you not playing in this week? Yeah. <laughs> they're also playing an away game against Barcelona as a friendly this week, midweek. Yeah, which I think that's why, because Alvarez will probably play that match. So I don't think he's going to play the league. I think he will start against Barcelona in the friendly. So I'll be paying attention to who Pep plays in that friendly and maybe looking at that. But yeah, I mean, I'm thinking that Alvarez will be getting a starting spot in my team sooner rather than later. Is is KDB set and forget still? Like, is, is he going to still play every game though? Or is he still going to rotate yes. him even? For, for, for me, oh, I just mean I just mean in general. Oh, yeah. In real life, yeah. no, I don't think he will. I think he probably will rotate um, because, I mean, like Gundogan started the season really well. Bernardo's only played one game. So I think uh, given this season and how compressed it is to fit the Oil World Cup in, um, then I think that there is going to be a bit more rotation with the five subs this season as well. So, yeah, I mean, but, um, and as we've all said, like KDB is one of those players where if he's not playing, it's because he's injured. That's basically it. You have to pick him in a fantasy team. How scary is it that it's like, oh, Man City are, you know, playing some team. They're down a couple of goals with 20 minutes to go. We'll just bring on Haaland, uh, KDB, Bernardo, and Gundogan and, you know, just try and chase the game. Like, that's that's scary that they can still do that. Yeah, wonderful what you can do with oil money. So, yeah, <laughs> we've talked about that many times. We absolutely have. That is very, very true. Well, let's 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 move on, boys. We've we've gone through the league ladder. We, Gilby, well done. You're on top. 
Um, it has been slightly... Um, the, the gap has narrowed. So Dave's, you know, breathing at the back of your neck, which I'm sure... That's the way I like it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, now, going through our run sheet here, Dave, did you have something to discuss or debate this evening? Do, I, I can't recall if we actually said that. It, it, is there something you wanted to discuss? No. Okay, cool. Anyway, so, <laughs> no, but Gilby, Gilby did my homework for me. Oh, Thanks, good. Thanks, Gilby. Um, and he posed the question that I'll now pose is, would you rather your the team you support do something extraordinary or would you prefer to win our draft league? And so for me and Mick, for example, you know, would we prefer Watford or West Brom to get promoted or do we want to win our mini league? or our draft league. Um, <clears throat> I quite enjoy not watching Watford get smashed every week. So, <clears throat> life... so you're going to swim down <clears throat> the shallow end of the pool? Life in the championship's not all that bad. Is it, Mick? No, I, I, Watford, I was uh, thinking what... about this and my... <clears throat> I can't really explain why, but I think I would prefer, if we were already in the Prem, I would prefer to not win our league and stay up than I wouldn't give up FPL to get promoted. I don't know why. I would prefer a adequate Prem season to a winning championship season. And I, I don't really have logic for that because I don't know whether it's just the visibility of the league or what it would be. I don't know if you feel the same way, Dave. I, I can't yeah. really explain it. But I, yeah, I would no. 100% lose our FPL on the final day if it meant we had a miracle on the final day and West Brom stayed up. Yeah, I agree. If it was, do I win our league and Watford gets relegated or do I not win the league and they stay in the Prem? I take Watford staying in the Prem. Absolutely. But now that we're already in the championship, <laughs> do I want us to get promoted or win the league? And I'll say, let's let's win our league and let's have another 12 months of fun in the championship. So, yeah, it's a weird one. I agree, Mick. But <laughs> I, I can't explain about, it, but it's, that's... It's way easier to watch your side be semi-successful for 12 months yeah. than watch them play absolute trash for 38-game weeks and maybe or maybe not barely scrape through survival only to do it again the following season and have another 38 game weeks of absolute trash and about 14 managers each of those seasons. So if you two are playing each other in the playoff at Wembley, <laughs> yeah. are you going to be cheering to win or are you just saying like, please concede a penalty in the last minute and lose? Hopefully I've already had this draft league wrapped up well and truly by then. <laughs> And then we can win the playoff game. Is that greedy? So, Isaac, would you take <laughs> top eight for Palace or winning the league? You've already done it a couple of times. All right. Would number three top Palace having a season of their lives? Can't be top eight. The way they're going, it has to be a European 
place because you know Palace are fairly good chance of top eight, but push it to what is it six this year for Europa League. I'm. I'd be comfortable. I, I I'd probably love. I'd love to see him in Europe. So I'd probably go with that. To be fair, like that'd be that'd be really cool to see. I don't think like not everyone gets to see their team do that. So yeah, and how many how many um, Palace jerseys have you won off us now already? Like you've been there. You've well, done it. never enough, really. But yeah, yeah, we, never we've, enough. We've been there absolutely. Like, and you know. I'd I'd be comfortable with doing that and still coming second. That's fine. That's all right. That's cool. Would, would you not be worried? Like, isn't there statistics to say when you make it to Europe, it's to the team's detriment? Yeah, like, generally speaking. Yeah, uh, it, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. Everyone like, wants yes, a Euro holiday. It, it's it'd be nice to see it there. If you could guarantee you don't get relegated next year, like that, it's it's a weird one. But yeah. I think and I to think, make sure you don't doesn't come to your detriment. Then yeah, I, I think too. Wasn't it? Um, what team was it? Was it Stoke that made? Did they would make the FA Cup final, which put Wigan. them into Europe? Wigan, 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 yeah. They beat Man City and they the won, like won the FA Cup, and then they were in Europe and the Championship. That's yeah. amazing. That's the dream. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think like for a team to be able to do it and do it well, you have to build over a number of years. And I think like I see the progression Palace are on, where they're sort of doing that. They've got a young team. They can build now, and and I'm sure the goal is to get there. Um, and I think if they do it well and they continue that build, and they continue bringing players in that complement their style um, and build their squad around that, then they could be successful. Like when teams just throw money at it and have a crack for a season, and you know don't don't have that holistic approach, I don't think it works all that well. Or the teams that don't have money to throw at it, yeah. and the squads wafer thin. Like was it? Burnley. Was it Burnley, yeah, yeah. Burnley yeah. were in the Europa League, and they couldn't their do it. Squad was thin as it was. You throw in Europe, and it all went to trash. And yeah. that's no one's fault. They and, never had money in the first place, and getting yeah. into Europe was not on their radar until it happened. Yeah, and I mean, I look at Palace now, and I think they they're getting to that point where they're probably two, maybe three players away from having that squad that could potentially, you know. At least compete, compete at a good level in Europe. So, yeah, that's a good place to be. They've just got to now deliver on the pitch. But yeah, I think I'd still prefer to see that than potentially win the league. I think it's still a few away days in Ukraine. You, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I guess that leads us to to Gilby, mate. Same question: relegation or winning our league? <laughs> Well, I mean, first in the championship how, next year or winning our league? Given how bad United have started the season, obviously it's a little bit different. But I think as our goal should and I think will be uh, the Champions League. So would I take Champions League football or winning our league? I've come close a couple of times, but I mean, I'm thinking of it now. It's just fun to play the league and hang out with some mates. So I'm going to take Manchester United back in the Champions League. Uh, I would really love to be able to not be going to like hosting Liverpool and giving away 70% of the ball. And like going, I would love to go back to the days of turning up to any game and going in as the favourites and deserving to go in as the favourites. Um, it's going to be a long project. Whether or not we can get there one day, I don't know. 
But yeah, I mean, I'd love to go back to those days again. So I'm going to take Champions League football over winning our league. Fair enough. I, I get it. It makes sense. Um, big team, you know. Gil- Gilby's Gilby's been burnt before. You know, it's it's understandable, Gilby. I, I get it. I get it. I think was it how many rounds did it go? Did you overtake me a couple of years ago? Was it two rounds to go? You overtook me. Mm. Something like, Something that, like yeah. that. It was it was a close finish and you overtook me in the end that I think that's the closest I've got. Um but yeah, I mean I would definitely take Manchester United getting yeah. back where we should be, at least in my opinion. I found I found was was it two years ago that you and I, Isaac, were yeah. quite close until about three rounds to go and it fell apart. But I was I surprised myself with how nervous I was with like those five rounds to go knowing, Hey, I'm in with a shot here and I really rated your team. Um, and I rated a lot of the moves you'd made throughout the year. And I'm like, well, Isaac is hot on the tail and I can't afford to slip. And in hindsight, I still don't think I made many wrong moves. I just, it was one of those things where those last few games, my players did not get me the points I would have hoped. But yeah, I was incredibly nervous. And I think had I have got over the line in that year, maybe my answer to the question changes now. And I'm like, oh yeah, just everything that's good for Watford, do it. Because you've got the monkey off your back and a new shirt on your back. Yeah. And I think yeah, like... There's definitely momentum that you can take into those last sort of five, six game weeks, depending how you're going. Like I, I just remember feeling really confident, like I wasn't worried at all. Like we had wild cards and stuff like that that we could still play where yeah. we don't anymore. So like I remember being really confident in the, the the two years that I won it, and even last year, last year was an interesting one. I think it's sort of I always knew, oh, in like you know, if I have two good game weeks and can beat Nathan in two good game weeks, then I might be in with a chance. But then with two game weeks to go, it didn't seem likely, and he just kept on putting up those good scores consistently. And so it was probably with like three or four game weeks to go, I'm like, uh, it, I'm going to struggle here. And so I was sort of consigned to the fact that yeah, second's probably looking likely. And then I'll say this year so far, I've been really, I've really struggled to know. I don't know if you guys have felt the same. I've really struggled to know who I should pick up in the free agency. Like, I've really struggled making a decision. And I generally don't. I don't know why. Uh, And I haven't been putting much pressure on myself to do, like, heaps of research and, like, being really into it like that at this point in time. But I've just really struggled for some reason. I don't know if anyone is feeling the same way um, with with free agencies at at the moment. Is anyone else sort of there? I'm just, I'm really struggling. I don't know why. It's easy when you get the first choice. (laughs) Yeah, and... Uh, that's not to dig the boot in again, Mick, but you know, when you are near the top, you know that I'm not going to get a shot at Rashford. And when the players, when the waiver gets around to me, am I actually improving or am I just making a change for change sake? And unless you can justify, unless you, I mean, let's face it, we all just, care about what Gilby thinks about what we do. So unless you can guarantee yourself an A or a B at worst in Gilby's waiver ratings, then 
What are you I doing? I think there's only, it's only worth moving sideways to a player for a one or two week thing if there's a bank of players to the same level. If there's and not that bank of players, you're risking too much giving up who you've got. That's you're exactly sticking right. Sticking with them. If there's yep. seven, say seven guys in the free agency, all that kind of secondary playmaker, like consistent starter, box to box midfielder, might pop up here or there. Okay, you can just keep rotating around to find that one who has a decent fixture to suit you that week. But if there's only two of them, okay, well, is it worth risking to get the team playing Nottingham this week if they then have West Ham, Palace, Brighton the three weeks after one, who could be good games? They're not like the cities and Liverpools, but they're not necessarily games where you'd expect to get 20 points across those three games. Yeah. Well, boys, it's probably time to wrap this thing up. So let's look at next week. Let's uh, each pick a game that looks looking uh, juicy in terms of fantasy points or otherwise. And Mick will round off with your multi if that sounds good for you. So let's go through the games. We've got Southampton, Man United starting off this game week. Brentford v Everton. Brighton versus Leeds. Chelsea versus Leicester. Liverpool v Bournemouth. Man City versus Crystal Palace. Arsenal versus Fulham. Aston Villa versus West Ham, Wolves v Newcastle, and Tottenham Forest versus Spurs. So, Gilby, what game is looking good to you? Well, the one that stands out to me is probably Brighton Leeds. Uh, both teams that have had great starts to the season, much better than people thought. Um, like Leeds, I was having a look at their numbers before. Uh, Jack Harrison has at least one attacking return every week and is only behind KDB for chances created. Oh. Leeds lost all 12 matches last season against top six teams, conceding 47 goals, but they've only allowed three big chances so far. And the other two teams better than that, Spurs and Brighton. So great starts to the season. One of those starts is about to maybe come to a shuddering halt, but yeah, both in great form, lots of fantasy assets in play. Looks like a good match to me. Very nice. Dave, how about you? Uh, that's always uh, also where my eye was headed, but uh, given Gilby snatched that one, I'm going Villa West Ham. Um, my mate um, Simaka scored uh, not in the Premier League, but scored recently for West Ham, and they have not scored in the league so far this season. Correct. I don't think. Yeah. Um, so there is a good chance that my or another one of my lower draft gambles may come into the team um, and get some um, or get a decent run of it. Uh, also, Watford have just sold Ishmael Assar to Villa for 25 million quid. So I don't expect him to be starting straight away, uh, but going to be yeah quite interested to see if and where he slots into that team and how he integrates. Um, I'm not going to be drafting him in immediately, but yeah, one that I'll have my eye on for sure. Uh, when he plays well, he is brilliant. He just does not do it often enough. Yeah. Well, or at least he didn't at Watford, but he didn't have yeah. a lot of service at Watford either. That is also true. One of Gilby's favourites. So Gilby, is he going to come <clears> in for Madison <throat> or Trossard? Uh, 
yes is the answer <laughs> yes it will be I, either well i'll i'll tell you this much on my waiver list we all have a watch list in the game but i, I did mean to say as well for people listening when we talked about jerseys the award for the winning manager each season is you get to select a jersey and that every other losing manager pays for. So you can have whatever you want on the back. Some people go their favorite player. I know Isaac uh, had his son on the back of like a little jersey as well. Um, so that's something we do. But anyway, on my watch list, I have 14 players. Um, so just, and... a, just a short little, just a well, short one. It's a bit better than last season. I had about 40 most weeks. Um, so I mean, I'm trying to restrict it now. <laughs> I've got three forwards. I have five defenders and what's that make it? Two, four, six, seven midfielders. So I think there's lots of good choices there. Um, it's hard because as Mick said, like, are you making an upgrade for the right reasons? Is it going to come back and bite you? Am I going to give myself an F next week? Like, it's a tough one, but <laughs> I think there is a surprising amount of value there. And it's going to be interesting to see where people go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going to quickly go for Arsenal versus Fulham. Arsenal have been flying. Fulham have had some good performances too. I think both really attacking teams could be a really good game. So I'm keen to see that one. And Mick, you are going to round out this podcast with uh, a bit of a pick and a multi. So let's go hear it. Um, My pick of the week in terms of games to watch, uh, I'm going to go Chelsea-Leicester. Um, Chelsea, we haven't even mentioned, we spoke about how good Leeds were, but a 3-0 win leads over Chelsea. I don't think anyone would have picked that going into last week. Um, we've we've kind of hinted at Chelsea's transfers and how many there could still be in the next kind of seven, eight days. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they go against Leicester, who've been really poor so far this year, apart from Madison. So that could be an interesting game just in terms of the Premier League and I guess Chelsea's top four hopes. Um, but as for the multi, I've already sent it through to you guys. I've kind of, I've hit both ends here. Basically, I've gone through the games. Um, I've tried to find where I think the value is in terms of just wins. Rather than trying to go necessarily for a first goal scorer, which I did last week, I've just gone for the games where I think there's a bit of value in it, um, which worked a couple of weeks ago when I went with Palace uh, against, I can't remember who that, that was against, but the two games in question are... Um, I did send it through. I should make it look up. Uh, Wolves-Newcastle. So Newcastle's actually like relatively even um, with Wolves to win that game, which Wolves haven't been that good. Newcastle have looked significantly better um, since kind of well, a couple of weeks after Eddie Howe took over towards the end of last year. Um, so I think they'll win that one relatively easily. Um, I've gone over two and a half goals to that. But I've also added St. Maximin to get a, to score or get an assist. Now, obviously, that's a legitimate assist, not a fantasy assist. Um, in their three goals against Man City, he actually got all three assists. So one was for a free kick that Trippier scored, and the other two were game assists. Um, so I've gone basically on that train that he gets. He's obviously getting into some great positions. Obviously, we know how um, skilled he is as a dribbler. So I've gone for that one. And it's basically the same bet for a different game for the other one. So I've gone for Villa West Ham. We've spoken about how poor Villa have been. Um, West Ham haven't scored yet this year, but they've created enough chances to theoretically have, they should have scored about four goals already. So it's not like they're necessarily not creating chances. They just haven't actually put them away. So I've gone for a hero of last year, um, Jared Bowen, to score assist as well. 
over two and a half goals in that game and West Ham to win against Villa. So Newcastle to beat Wolves, West Ham to beat Villa, both games to have three or more goals, St. Maximin and Bowen both to score or get an assist. That's the bet this week. It's about 40, 47 to one. So a bit over. Wow. Uh, which should cover you? $10, $10 out of the uh, 38 we lost last year. <laughs> Absolutely. No, good one. I, I like that one, Nick. I think the, that that's... That's got a chance. There's some good value in there. So, uh, you know, gamble responsibly. Is that what you meant to say after something like uh, that? Is that? Go for it, sure. Okay, cool. There's well, nothing responsible here, so. <laughs> Definitely not with the wiener chat. Right. So, boys, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure. I uh, hope everyone has a good week. Uh, and uh, we'll have to wait and see if Mick can pick up Rashford. That'll That's that's what I'm really wanting to see. I'm going to break 30 this week, boys. I'm going to break 30. I oh, can feel it in his bones. Very, very good. Well done. Well, boys, thanks very much. And we'll catch you and everyone else next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Good luck, everybody, except Isaac. Not a worries. Oh, Bye. Brutal.